Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see everyone. We're so thankful that we've got visitors here making up the gaps for some of our folks that are vacating this, this week and this weekend. We're so thankful that you're here. And we hope that, the, that our worship is, uh, has been encouraging and you found it in line with the way that uh, the church worshiped in the first century. And if you have any questions about what we do uh, or the things we practice or what we believe, please let those be known so that we can talk about those. Well, if you were to read a book or find some type of article on Preaching 101, the general consensus is that the preacher ought to get up with some kind of funny story or some kind of profound words to get the audience's attention. This morning, I don't have any profound words or any funny stories. I want to talk about something that's really ugly, and it's ugly in a lot of people's lives, and maybe it's in your life as well. I want to talk about the problem of bitterness. Bitterness is a big problem. And it's likely been the par, par, a part of the lives of everyone in the audience today, and it may be part of our life right now. Bitterness destroys our lives. Bitterness takes joy out of our life. It takes the joy out of our life that God wants us to have in our life. It's a cloud over our heads that impacts our relationships with others. It impacts the relationship we have with those that we're bitter towards, but I'm afraid it spills over into our relationship we have with others. Bitterness is a sin, and as a result of sin in our lives, it, it, makes it, uh, it, it, it impedes our relationship with God. And since it is a sin, we need to be working very hard to eradicate it from our lives. But one of the problems with, sin, uh, with bitterness and one of the dangers of bitterness is that it could be in our lives and we don't even realize it. We may not realize how prevalent it is in our lives. And since it is a personal matter, a matter of the heart, it may be hard for others to realize that the problem exists in our lives so that they could offer help. It may be one of those sins that we struggle with for years and we don't get help because others don't realize it's a problem in our lives. And I want to tell you this morning that bitterness is, I believe, a gateway sin. A sin that if it's in our lives opens the door for other sins to be present in our lives as well. And so this morning we need to look at the sin of bitterness. I want to look at it from several different aspects this morning. I want to look at how God views bitterness, what causes bitterness, how we can, what are the consequences of that bitterness, and how we can prevent it in our lives. Let's look at bitterness together. How does God view bitterness? You know, God is concerned. God is concerned not only about what we do, but also how we think. Jesus put it this way in Mark chapter 7, beginning in verse 20. In Mark chapter 7, verse 20, and he said, that being Jesus, what comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man." God is interested in us not doing wrong and us doing right, 
but he's also in us thinking right and not thinking in ways that are evil and bad. You know, we focus a lot on what we do, but Jesus says what we do comes from our heart and we need to get to the root of the matter and make sure that our heart is right with God. Jesus says that we need to be concerned about our thoughts. And we're going to see that this is true in the area of bitterness. If we allow bitterness to live in our hearts and in our thoughts, it's going to portray itself in our actions many times. And Jesus says you need to get to the root of the problem. You need to make sure your heart is right. And God is clear that having bitter thoughts and bitter attitudes is a sin. In the passage that Joseph just read for us, God said, get bitterness out of your heart. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God and Christ forgave you. God is clear on the subject. We need to get rid of it. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, God says, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. We need to be working very diligently and making sure our thoughts are right because Jesus says the evil things that we do, they start in our hearts. And we need to be keeping those hearts with all diligence. Bitterness is a sin. We need to get it out of our lives. God is very clear on how he views bitterness. Well, what causes bitterness? Why do I have this This bitterness in my heart, why would this sin be a temptation to me? Well, there are a lot of things that can cause bitterness. The way that someone does or doesn't treat us can cause us to become bitter. The way that we perceive that someone thinks about us and the attitudes they portray towards us can cause us to become bitter. It may may not be the actions of anyone towards us, that cause us to be bitter, but it could be the good things that happen to others. We can be envious of others, of the good things that come their way and the good things that happen to them, the situation in their lives that we wished our lives had can cause us to be bitter as we're envious of others. In James chapter 3, we read about bitterness And James talks about bitterness here, and I think he teaches us a lot about what can cause bitterness in our lives. Let's look at James chapter 3, beginning of verse 13. In James chapter 3, beginning of verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and everything evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What causes bitterness? I think we see some things in this passage. Number one, I think that when we're bitter, we lack spiritual maturity. James says, he starts here in verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you? We need to be spiritually mature if we're going to avoid bitterness. 
lack of spiritual maturity, I think, causes us to be bitter. And I see uh, something else here that can cause us to be bitter, and that is the sin of envy. If you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, desiring what others have, or being discontented with what we have, can cause us to be envious and can lead to this sin of bitterness. And being self-seeking or self-centered is very closely linked here as well, isn't it? If you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts. You know, when we get to be centered on ourselves and being concerned about ourselves more than others, I believe it breeds and is a fertile breeding ground for bitterness in our lives. When we only think about ourselves, when we only think about our interests, on how we ought to be treated, when we only think about our viewpoint and our opinion, when we become selfish, bitterness is soon to follow. What are the consequences of bitterness? When we have bitterness in our hearts, in our hearts and in our thoughts, it consumes our thoughts many times. We constantly dwell on our bitter thoughts of how we've been done wrong, about how other people aren't treating us like we think they should, less like them. We constantly dwell and ruminate on these thoughts of bitterness. When the scriptures are clear that we need to be careful about thinking about things that are right and appropriate. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. God is clear. We need to be keeping our heart with all diligence. We need to be actively searching out things to think about that are in alignment with His will. And bitterness is not one of those things. We need to get it out of our hearts. What if there was one of these scrolling signs like you see at the bank and other stores that just scroll a message? What if there was one of those on your forehead and everything that came to mind was scrolling across your forehead? Would you be ashamed? Would you be ashamed for that bitter thought that goes through your mind throughout the day on a regular basis? Would you be ashamed for other people to be reading that? We need to be getting these thoughts that God says to have in our, in our hearts. And as a result of allowing these bitter thoughts to permeate our thinking, I want to tell you one of the consequences of bitterness is that it impacts our relationship with others. It impacts the relationship that we have with the one who hurt us. When we have bitterness in our heart to those who've done us wrong, We can't treat them like Jesus tells us to treat them. Matthew chapter 5, beginning of verse 43. In Matthew chapter 5, beginning of verse 43, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven, For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good 
and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Jesus tells us how we ought to treat others, specifically how we ought to treat those who do us wrong and do us evil. And when we have bitter thoughts, we can't treat them the way that Jesus says to treat them. And as a result, our relationship with them is impacted. But not only is the relationship with the one who we believe has done us wrong impacted, I want to say this morning that I believe every relationship is impacted by bitterness. The negative attitudes that we have towards people as a result of bitterness, I believe it spills over into the relationships we have with others. And every relationship is impacted. And the bitterness can go so far as to impact our marriage. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 19, Colossians chapter 3, verse 19, Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. The relationship that we, with the person that we love the most can be harmed by bitterness. The same causes that we've talked about can be at play here in our marriage. The idea of self-centeredness and envy and lack of spiritual maturity, those can impact my marriage relationship. And bitterness in the marriage can be, take root. And the damage is just the same. And finally, I want to tell you this morning that bitterness impacts our relationship with God. If bitterness is a sin, and clearly it is, then it impacts our relationship with God. In Isaiah 59, beginning in verse 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. The sin that is such an obvious curse in our life takes the ultimate toll of impacting our relationship with God. Bitterness is a terrible thing. Its consequences are great. I think it's clear from the scriptures how God views bitterness, some of the things that can cause bitterness, and the dire consequences of it. And so that leads us to our last question this morning. A question that we all ought to be asking is, that is, how can we prevent bitterness? How can I get bitterness out of, our li- of my life? How can I make sure that this sin doesn't plague my life Anymore, likely, it's been a part of many of our lives, if not all of our lives. How can I make sure that it doesn't plague my life any further? I think the answers can be found in some of the verses we've looked at around bitterness. Back to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning of verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another just as God in Christ forgave you. How do you avoid bitterness? Well, you do what it says to do here. If we're going to work on getting evil thoughts out of our mind, we've got to be proactive and do something. And Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 gives me the answer. First off, I need to be kind. I need to be kind. Kind to the one who may have done me wrong. Kind to the one who I think maybe didn't treat me like I should have been treated. Kind to the one that I might have been tempted to have envious thoughts towards. Be kind. It says to be tender-hearted. Be kind to one another. Be tender-hearted. The Greek word here that's translated tender-hearted carries the idea of being sympathetic. 
Try and put yourself in the other person's shoes. The person that you're being bitter towards, try and be sympathetic to them. Put yourself in their shoes. It says here that we need to forgive one another. Maybe one of the biggest keys to carrying this grudge of bitterness is to forgive. As that person that has wronged me for, asked for, for forgiveness, then I better get serious about forgiving them so that bitterness doesn't take root in my heart. And finally, in this passage, I see another key to avoiding bitterness, and that is the idea of humility. I need to be humble enough to realize that God has forgiven me. I need to remember all of the terrible things that I have done to God. How I have rejected Him and sinned egregiously against Him. If I'll take on that attitude of humility, then it'll help me to be forgiving of others. It'll help me not to have this bitterness towards others. And so I think, I think we see great lessons here in Ephesians chapter 4 about how to prevent bitterness in my life. Back in James chapter 3, I think the passage that we looked at in James chapter 3 helps us understand how to avoid this as well. We have noted here that bitterness is the result of the lack of spiritual maturity. In James chapter 3, beginning of verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? We need to be working on being wise and understanding. We need to work on developing spiritual maturity. And James also links bitterness with envy. We've got to make sure that we get envy out of our lives, desiring what others have or being discontented with what I have and the envy associated with that. We need to get that out of our lives. And he connects it with being self-centered, being concerned about only what I want, about my way, myself, my interest, my viewpoint. We need to get that out of our lives. We don't need to be overly concerned about us and what we want, and what we desire. We need to take on the attitude of Philippians chapter 2, beginning of verse 2. Fulfill my joy, being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. You know, bitterness is so often the result of me only thinking about myself. Thinking about how others haven't treated me like I think they should have. Thinking about how others haven't treated me like I deserve to be treated. Attaching the worst possible motive to the actions of others towards me. Bitterness is often the result of being self-centered. And bitterness is also, also often the result of not being concerned about others, being envious of their good fortune, not being concerned about their needs or their perspective or their interest. We need to make sure that we get this out of our lives. And we noted in James chapter 3 that bitterness is also connected with the idea of pride. They're boasting against the truth in James chapter 3. We need to make sure that we're humble if we're going to be able to overcome bitterness. And finally this morning, I want to look at a case study with you of someone 
who had every temptation to be bitter. He had, without a doubt, been done wrong. Been done incredibly wrong. Not only had he been done wrong, he had a long time to stew on how wrong he had been done. Over 20 years, this man had to sit and think about how wrong he had been done before he ever came in contact with the wrongdoer. For 20 years, he had to think about and ruminate and mull over. To those 20 years, he had been done that. And they, it was evidenced in the way that he lived his life and the things he was able to accomplish because he was successful at not allowing bitterness to take root in his heart. And that man that we're talking about is Joseph. In Genesis chapter 50, beginning of verse 15, you'll remember that Joseph had been sold into slavery by his brothers. When he got into slavery, he ended up being thrown in prison. And 20 years later, the brothers come to Egypt to get food. Food that Joseph has been instrumental in laying up in store during the seven years of plenty in Egypt. And now the seven years of famine are here and they're hungry and they come and they don't realize they're coming to Joseph. But Joseph realizes that they're his brothers. And he invites them to come and move to Egypt, and they do with their father Jacob. And Jacob has now died. And in Genesis chapter 50, beginning of verse 15, notice the interaction between J Joseph and his brothers. And notice how void of any bitterness it is. In Genesis chapter 50, beginning of verse 15, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph, saying, Before your father died, he commanded, saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now, please forgive the trespass of the servants of, your, of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also wept and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. Now therefore do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. What an amazing account of an amazing individual who could have been absolutely destroyed if he had allowed bitterness to reign in his heart. How did he do that? How did he prevent bitterness? We see it here, don't we? He loved others. He wept for him, them. He wept for his brethren. He loved them. He understood that vengeance is not ours. You know, a lot of times when we're bitter, we just want that person to hurt. We want to we get back at them. We want them to pay for what they've done. Joseph said, that's not my business. I'm not in the place of God. I'm not going to take vengeance. Joseph also avoided bitterness by maintaining the correct perspective. As he was there in prison... As he lived his life in Egypt apart from his family, he was able to maintain the correct perspective. He says here, you know, he says, I know you guys meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. He knew they meant it for evil. He knew they were trying to hurt him. 
But he didn't allow that to change and cloud his perspective. He knew that good could come from evil. And others might have intended us to do harm. But we need to make sure that we have the spiritual maturity to see it in the correct light. To realize that even if someone did mean to harm us, many times they didn't, but even if they did, that this can be for our good. We don't have to grow embittered as a result of that. We need to have the perspective that Joseph had. Realize that this can be for good. We also see here from this passage how we control bitterness, and that is by watching our tongue. Joseph spoke kindly to them. Many times we're tempted to let the person that we have a problem with, let them have it. Give them a tongue lashing. We can never do that. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 14, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. If we'll be active in blessing those that we have a problem with, rather than speaking evil of them and towards them, it'll help us to avoid bitterness. We see the passage in, in Genesis that Joseph also did good to those who were being evil towards him. Joseph told them, he said, I will provide for you and your little ones. He did them good. Even though they had done him so much harm, he did good toward them. And that's exactly what Jesus said to do in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Jesus tells us, get busy at doing good, even to those who are being evil towards you. Do good. And Joseph certainly did that. I believe that if we're going to have this attitude, we're going to have to decide that we're not going to allow bitterness to dwell in our hearts. It may not be the normal way that we would deal with something. It may be that like Joseph, we've done, been done really, really, really bad. It may be that the other party hasn't repented. And it may be that the other party would do us wrong again if they had the opportunity. But given what we know about bitterness, how God views it, how dire the consequences are of it in our lives, we're going to have to make the decision that we're going to make, give a deliberate effort to get bitterness out of our lives. Back in Ephesians chapter 4, where we started with Joseph this morning, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. We're going to have to decide that any longer that enough's enough. We're not playing around with this sin anymore. We're getting out of our hearts. Bitterness is a terrible sin. It must be rooted out of our lives. Is it in your life right now? Is it in your heart? Get it out. Address it just as aggressively as you would any other sin. Don't allow it to linger. Get it out. Put it away. I hope the things we talked about this morning with regard to bitterness have been helpful to you. And aren't you glad and thankful that God isn't bitter towards you? If anybody had a right to be bitter 
Think of all the things we've done to God. And he's not at all bitter towards us. He offers us forgiveness. He offers us salvation. Have you taken advantage of that salvation that God has to offer to you this morning? Are you living like you should? If you're here this morning and you haven't submitted to God in obedience to what He commands us to do, if you have not believed in Him, repented of your sins, confessed your faith in Christ, and been baptized in water for the remission of sins, the Scriptures teach us that that's what we must do in order to receive the gift that He offers through His Son. If you haven't done that, there's no better time than right now to do that. If there's sin in your life, there's no better time than right now to repent of that and ask for forgiveness. If there's anything we can do to help, will you let us know while we stand and sing?